From the TWU Air Division offices in Colleyville, Texas, it's the TWU Air Division podcast with local 513 Second Vice President Brian Parker. Join Brian as he discusses issues that affect the careers and lives of Air Division members. Take it away, Brian. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Transport Workers Union Air Division podcast. Joining me today is Air Division Director Gary Peterson. Hey, Brian. How are you today? I'm great. So I think it's a good time for us to talk about the JetBlue acquisition of Spirit Airlines. What's going on with that? Yeah, so obviously the last couple of months with JetBlue, Spirit, and Frontier has been kind of a complex conversation, but now the optics are starting to to get a little bit clearer, I guess would be the answer. There's no longer merger between Frontier and Spirit. It's an acquisition by JetBlue of Spirit Airlines. And I guess the major difference there is, you know, in an acquisition, JetBlue will acquire Spirit Airlines taking sole control of the aircraft employees, everything that's involved with that versus a merger where the two companies work together. JetBlue is definitively buying Spirit for a premium, paying a premium price for them. And that's a big difference, an acquisition and a merger. You want to expand a little bit on that? Yeah, I mean, in a merger, the parties come together and they basically work through terms, conditions, things of that nature. Initially, this was a hostile takeover, right? That's, that's kind of how it was framed in the press. And then after the Frontier deal fell apart, for lack of better terms, which I believe they paid a penalty for to Spirit Airlines, now you have JetBlue, that is the sole entity that they've, I guess within you know a day or so, they've made an agreement to be acquired, not merged. So the JetBlue board of directors, so to speak, or whoever would run that end of the business has determined they're willing to pay a pretty significant premium to buy the shares and buy the company outright. You know, so the difference, I guess, big scheme of things is there's a lot of stuff that happens in the background, you know, from an acquisition versus a merger standpoint. You and I have been through several different variations of these things. But the biggest piece here is there is no merger, meaning Spirit Airlines comes in and, and they have a say in kind of how this goes. It will be, it will be driven by JetBlue. I know the TWU has been against the acquisition and we represent members on both sides, you know, of each airline the JetBlue IFCs and the Spirit Gate agents. Talk about why the TWU is against the acquisition. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces to this. We've been pretty vocal that the two carriers as standalone are better for everybody. And when you talk about that, I think it's hard when you work at a carrier. You wear your colors proudly if you're a Spirit worker or you're a JetBlue worker. For, for lack of better terms, I would liken it to taking the Yankees and the Mets and combining them and saying, now this is one baseball team. And, and those two teams have kind of been dynamically opposed for all these years. We, the workers, get caught up in that, right? And what happens with us is there's a set of rules that come into play, and I'll talk about those in a minute. Allegheny Mohawk and McCaskill Bonds, so to speak. But in the big scheme of things right now, what will happen is JetBlue management will dictate the terms and conditions that they integrate the carriers if and when it gets approved by the Department of Justice. This is a long-term thing. This isn't going to happen overnight, right? This is going to happen over the next year, two years, three years, depending on how long the legalities of this come into play. But the bigger things that start to happen are they are going to integrate the seniority list. That's a process that we go through and you and I should probably spend a little time on that because we've been through this a couple of times. That never, never works out well for some people that are on the list. And I'll go into greater detail on that. In the big scheme of things, when they put the synergies of the carriers together, besides the divestiture, which means less 
routes and, and things of that nature. When the synergies come together, we may start with X number of JetBlue IFCs and X number of Spirit Gate agents. But when it's all said and done, that number could be diminished by a significant amount. We don't know what that looks like. So two carriers combining have things that are crossover. And, you know, again, the TW has folks that Spirit we represent as well. So how that plays into this is we don't know what those final numbers look like, and there's no protections in it for all of us right now. That's one of the arguments we've been making to JetBlue is, is give us some protections, and JetBlue didn't want to have any conversations with us, and they still are not having those conversations. The debt load that comes with this is tremendous, and concerns that we have is if this fails to go through the DOJ and doesn't get approved for antitrust reasons, right? It is a $470 million cost that goes out of the JetBlue company coffers. That's our members' money at the end of the day. We're the ones that make that carrier money. The leadership and things like that, they have levers they can pull. We've been through bankruptcy. I'm not saying they're going to wind up in a bankruptcy situation, but, but even if it goes right or left, meaning when you merge the two companies into one through that acquisition, if it doesn't work out the way that's planned and all that shareholder value they put in, the shareholders pocket that money. Bankruptcy takes that money back away from the shareholders, and there is no real rule that protects us in that process. And let me, let me re-say that. There's no rule that, that protects us. They can go into a bankruptcy court and say, this just didn't work out for us, and we're filing bankruptcy, and we need to do these things. And unfortunately, it's a car wash for the, the workers. We've seen it where management leaves with millions of dollars. And I see you shaking your head over there. And, and we're stuck with the consequence of that. And that's the fear here is this is about the concerns of a different merger creating them to not be number five. Now it becomes a question of them becoming number five. How big is the airline? How much do they got to divest from? All the things that go into it. And none of this looks good on paper from what we've seen from an economic standpoint. And that's concerning to the membership we represent. So We've not come out in favor of a merger, meaning Frontier and Spirit. We didn't speak that way, kind of left that off on the side. We've definitively come against an acquisition by JetBlue because they're paying a tremendous amount of fees to buy this carrier. Now, they got to get through the DOJ hurdle. And if they do, what does the new JetBlue look like? Is it 60% of what was, you know, the two carriers at 100%? Is it 70? Is it eight? We don't know. But it won't be 100 and 100. There's, the DOJ's already said that. So there's going to be cuts. Yeah, there's definitely going to be cuts. And at the end of the day, optics is everything. You can look at this, and if you don't know much about it, you could say, wow, two smaller carriers are going to come together. There'll be a larger airline. They'll be able to compete and everything, and it all sounds great. But when you start digging into it, this is a very long and painful process, very painful, especially when it's an acquisition. The one carrier is going to be driving the boat. The other carrier employees are not going to like it very much. It's just not going to be a seamless process. No, and even though JetBlue in this particular case is, for lack of better terms, driving the boat, the JetBlue workforce that we represent is going to be impacted. We just don't know to what degree. So in a base where there's massive overlap between the two carriers, right, they're not going to keep everybody potentially in that base. I can't tell you what that looks like because they're not sharing that information with us. They're not putting those protections in place. And so when this all vets itself out, we will see where JetBlue is in this process. But if they're only 70, 80% of the size of the 100% carrier, what does that mean for the group we represent? And Allegheny Mohawk and McCaskill Bond have protections built in for the other side. The spirit folks don't just get pushed to the bottom of a seniority list. 
there's processes that are in place through if we can come to an agreement or we can't come to an agreement, there's an arbitration. There's a whole bunch of stuff that takes place in the background. And unfortunately, the carrier moves forward. You know, it is just a business proposition. We're just cogs in a wheel for them, but our cogs are impacted by that. And that's our biggest concern. The two carriers stand alone. We know what we have. This is a huge unknown. And as an IFC, irrespective of where you are on the seniority list, if and when this happens through this acquisition, there is going to be whatever the group is, is going to be the group. I don't know that everybody's protected when it's all said and done. And that's a huge concern. Now, they'll sell this bag of goods saying, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and da-da-da-da-da. We see this all the time. And then when it's all said and done, maybe people aren't being backfilled and we're losing numbers that way. Maybe they do keep the people that are, so to speak, on the system in place. We don't know that. But that doesn't mean they're going to keep them in their base that they're currently at because it'll be overstaffed. And that base may be where you work today. You might be senior. And then when you get to the new integrated airline, you might not be that senior anymore. And we don't know. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that comes into this is that none of this takes place till after everything else happens. So these integration processes don't take place until the carrier then knows what we are. So there's a lot of this is putting the cart ahead of the horse, so to speak. So I want to caution everybody in saying that is this is going to be a long, timely process that takes place. And as the carrier goes through, and the first thing that has to obviously happen is spirits, shareholders have to vote for this and approve it. That's somewhere in the fall. Then we're into next year, probably before they start talking to DOJ. And then DOJ is going to start saying, well, what does this look like? You'll probably have states that will their, their attorney generals will file antitrust suits. There'll be all sorts of litigation that goes on in the background. This is going to be a long, drawn-out process. And everybody just needs to slow down and understand the reason why we're so opposed to this is because we're just going to be affected by whatever decisions get made way above us. And at the end of it, we do not see a way for the JetBlue acquisition to be the size and scope of the two carriers as they stand alone today. And it's been made pretty clear by DOJ that they don't see it that way either. So why would you support something to your point? Why would you support something and lose a large percentage of your membership? You know, I said it earlier, you wear your colors proudly, right? Even though we have bad days and, and we say we hate the company, at the end of the day, we want to get passengers from point A to point B. We want to do our job to the best of our ability. And we do that. And every work group does that at every carrier. That's why I liken this to the Yankees and the Mets. I'll say this. You and I have been through multiple mergers and acquisitions along the way. And we were the dominant one at American all the way through to this last piece, right? And this is the first time we, meaning the American side of the house, we got to see what everybody else had seen for years. And that was American, even though they were larger, the way the company is now run is like Airways was run. And American people don't like that, meaning the American workforce. And we hear those complaints all the time. Well, they're doing this and they should be doing that. That happens, I think, we could say that about TWA. We could say it about Reno. We could say it about any of the, you know, the mergers and acquisitions we've been through. It just depends where you fall in. But the carrier is not the same. It's never the same after an acquisition or a merger. It's a different carrier. And so what you knew as legacy JetBlue, I would argue in this case, even if and when it does happen, it won't look like it does today. And people will be in different positions and management will shrink and they'll shrink walking out the door with millions of dollars in their pocket, leadership. And, and that's just the process that they have. We're, as I said, like a car wash. We just get spun in and get spun out of whatever the legalities of it are. 
through federal law, Allegheny Mohawk and McCaskill Bond. And that is concerning for me as a leader of the organization and our top leadership absolutely has done the analysis. And we just believe that all in all that the membership is going to be hurt down the road in some way, shape or form. And look, we don't know what that number looks like, but any member that's affected is, is a problem for us because they're not being affected today and quite the opposite today. They need to bring more people in today to run the carrier effectively. So let's talk about the membership for a minute. I know the IFCs, they have a ratified contract. In the event this acquisition does go through, they're going to have scope language and protections. What is that going to look like, though? So for our membership, what that's going to look like, obviously, is we're going to protect them from beginning to end. That's our job. We're bigger in size and scope than the other side is. And in this case, unfortunately, there's, you know, there is another side, and that's a byproduct. Again, we're a byproduct of the acquisition, or they're a byproduct of the acquisition. So if you're not familiar with Allegheny Mohawk or McCaskill Bond, that puts some seniority protections in place. And again, there's fair and equitable treatment that has to take place. We'll go through whatever that process looks like down the road. There'll be a joint collective bargaining negotiations that takes place. Obviously, we believe that our TW language, which at Blue is stronger, so we'll, we'll process that through. And I think the biggest thing for our group in size and scope is to understand you want your representatives to understand your contract. And how that looks going forward is what it looks like. We'll deal with that when that time comes. But this, is, again, goes back to one of the reasons why bringing carriers together through acquisitions or mergers is so difficult because there are differences in the contract. We wear our colors proudly. Some people aren't going to like the book the way we have it at JetBlue. And there's going to be some other stuff in the spirit book that may get in and people say, well, why did you do this or do that? That's the subject of the next round of bargaining, no different than if we were going to bargain the next round for collective bargaining based on time. One, one thing that I will say that probably will come into play is, is we're going to take a position that if they had all this money to afford to do this deal, they certainly have more money to put into the, the IFC's paychecks immediately. And that, that's a conversation we're having right now that we should be we should be compensated properly for things that they're trying to do that fall within the agreement. There's no reason they can't bring money to the table today to make our members happier. So similar question for the Spirit Gate agents. I know that we represent them, but at uh, JetBlue, they don't have representation. So how's that going to flush out? Yeah, so that's going to be a whole different process. We represent the group down in Fort Lauderdale for Spirit. Everywhere else is outsourced at Spirit Airlines. So, you know, from the the contractual applications, we're going to represent those members through this process from beginning to end, kind of from the opposite position. JetBlue does have to deal with us because of the collective bargaining agreement. We are going to make sure we uphold everything we can for our members and get whatever improvements that we can make for them along the way, specifically them being brought into JetBlue. And I think it's critical, again, for the JetBlue folks who aren't organized to understand that their, their representatives are going to be the management side of the house, not the union side of the house. So how much effort they put into to that, we'll find out. But uh, we are going to fight tooth and nail for our group that we represent down in Fort Lauderdale through this process to the end and make sure that they are protected to the fullest degree we can get for them. Recently, there's been a lot of talk of mergers. Now this acquisition it drives a lot of anxiety and uncertainty among our members. Do you have any words of wisdom or anything as we navigate through this process? Yeah, I think people are anxious, they're nervous. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes in. Everybody's in a little different space when it comes to that, but this is a slow process. The organization, we know what we're doing. We've been through this multiple times, multiple carriers. It, it's not unusual. It happens. 
It normally doesn't happen in this way, though. It normally happens when there's a carrier that's distressed, right? Talk about American bankruptcy, TWA going out of business, Chapter 7, Reno was having some problems. Very rare do these things happen when you're out there flying and saying, hey, we've got you know, as much capacity as we can handle. We got as many passengers as we can handle. The timing of this is quite awkward. And so that's quite concerning as well, because this is not the normal timing for this type of activity. Gary, I appreciate you joining me and answering some questions. You've added some clarity for me, hopefully for the JetBlue IFCs. Is there anything else before we go? No, just other than it's been a while since we did a podcast, Brian. I'm, I'm glad we got on to do this particular one. We'll get back together here shortly to, to do a more robust Air Division podcast. But I thought in fairness to this particular group, I needed to get something out to them. And it's important for our spirit members to understand that we're representing them on the other side of the equation. And we have the same beliefs for the spirit side, that they're stronger as a dual entity versus a single entity. Well, you mentioned something earlier. You and I both have been through a lot of this. The one thing I will say, I have all the confidence in the world, in the organization, uh, the leadership we have. So at the end of the day, the members are going to be represented to the utmost. So I appreciate that. And I thank you for joining me. And I thank everybody for listening. Have a great day. For more information about the TWU Air Division, visit our website at TWU.org forward slash divisions. To comment on this or any of our podcasts, email us at airdivisionpodcast at TWU.org. You can listen, download, and stream episodes of the Air Division Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, your favorite Android podcatcher, or your RSS feed-enabled browser. Air Division Podcast episodes are also available to stream and download from our website, podcast.twu.org. Music provided under license by Pond5.com. TWU Air Division Podcast is produced and engineered by Tommy Engel.